I want you to bring all your tra your crazy to the table, put it out on the porch with a drink and let everybody experience that because that is what's going to bring personality to your brand. And what a lot of restaurants don't understand is like, well, I can't do that. I'll turn somebody off. You're supposed to be turning people off. If you don't have any haters, then you don't have any people that love you. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by Phyllis Williams-Strader, who is a business coach, brand strategist, who successfully ran two restaurants for over 10 years. She's also an author of uh, That Damn Girl Stuff and Morgan Mischief. She works with restaurants around the country. She is one of my clubhouse buddies. You could check her out on Clubhouse. She's in a lot of great rooms. And she is someone who takes passion from a spice to the main course because she's got so much of it. Phyllis, we yes. are excited to, excited to have you hey, on Give Innovation today. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to be here. I'm like, ooh, I love this kind of energy. I can do this. <laughs> oh, man. So Phyllis, first of all, tell me a little bit about what you do and how you work with restaurants. Oh, my goodness. I work with restaurants. What I do is I'm the ghetto country brand strategist. And what that means is I was raised hood adjacent by a country mama. And when I talk to you, I, sweetie, you don't have to worry about me putting my ghetto country in your copy. It's just how I roll. That's how I vibe. <laughs> but I make sure that my restaurants, I want you to get authentically branded AF. And the reason I want you to do that is because I want you to bring all your, tra your crazy to the table, put it out on the porch with a drink and let everybody experience that because that is what's going to bring personality to your brand. And what a lot of restaurants don't understand is like, well, I can't do that. I'll turn somebody off. You're supposed to be turning people off. If you don't have any haters, then you don't have any people that love you. You don't oh. get that. Yes. So, so it, I think that's one of the things a lot of people are so afraid about. And one of the really unique opportunities about virtual kitchens is that I don't want to go to an Asian restaurant that sells pizza and hot wings and hamburgers, right? Yes. Oh my I want, God. I want to go to a pizza joint. I want to go to a wing joint. I want to go to a burger joint or an Asian joint. And virtual concepts allow you to have that branding, right? But I think you're exactly right, which is, you know, branding is like a, is like a magnet. It's yes. going to attract people and repel people. Repel people. The stronger the magnet, the stronger people are going to come and the, and the stronger people are going to walk away. But guess what? It's a lot better than just having, you know, a really weak magnet where no one is that loyal, right? And that's what a lot of people are doing because I go into some restaurants and I'm like, why do you have 50 million things on the menu? Sweetheart, get good at one thing. Because what you're telling me uh, at this, when I look at this long laundry list of stuff that you got, I ain't good at a daggone thing. Oh, <laughs> I'm not good at nothing, so I'm going to throw it all at you. And so when you don't have that, it just means like you're no different than the person that I just passed. I could have saved myself some steps, some gas, some something, and went on back to where I came from because you're not giving me anything that I couldn't get anywhere else. And when I talked to my clients and they, they, they were like, well, I don't want to miss out. Somebody's going to come in here for such and such and such and such. Okay, they're not for you. We used that when we had our restaurant, people were like, do you have anything vegetarian? I think that turkey we just cooked was vegetarian. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> That's all I got for you. 
there is <laughs> nothing vegetarian. You're offended by our pig. You're like, oh, th that pig should not be smiling. Sweetie, back up off me because I am so not for you. So don't come for me. It's, it's just realizing that you can't make all the money because it's just not possible. It's just like when you're working with SEO, I can get you to the top page. That's a bunch of malarkey because mm -hmm. everybody can't be at the top page, mm -hmm. but you can be at the top of your own page. How about that? Yep. Because if you Google my name, that's the only person you're going to see on that page. But if I Google your name, how many 50 million glories are going to show up? It's because Amen. you haven't made yourself distinctive. And it, you haven't made your restaurant distinctive. When I'm looking for the best burger in town, you know what Yelp will give me? The mm. first top 10 that they think only because they got a certain score. The only person that should care about you is the, you're on their top list. When you become top of mind, when they're looking for that burger, how are you going to do that? How are you going to make that happen? Sweetie, if I don't know you exist, you can't do a daggone thing for me. Yeah. So it's like understanding how that's supposed to work for you. And re a lot of restaurants don't understand that. They don't get it. But here's the problem, Phyllis, is every menu item is a is a baby. It's someone's baby, right? That's a bunch how, of how do you go throw the baby out in the dumpster? Like, come on now. It's like, that's, <laughs> that's hard. How do you decide which, which ones get kept and which ones you got to get rid of? Okay. It depends on how you're trying to come at it. If you're coming at it from the real, oh, I'm, I'm turning grandma's recipe into a restaurant, then you know what you need to, I'm sorry, y'all gonna get offended, but y'all need to pip out grandma. Y'all gonna have to tell her story, tell how she came up with it. You're gonna have to do all these things to make sure everybody and their mama know who grandma is. Mm. But if you sit here and you said, well, I started this restaurant because I thought my grandmother, don't nobody know that story but you. Yeah. I just wrote a piece where, where a restaurant that I went to, I had to go find the manager in order to get the story. And it was a great story, but it's like, I asked your cashier. She's like, oh, you need to talk to him. He likes to talk. Really? That tells me that chick is only there for the paycheck. And when the next bigger paycheck come along, she's going to leave you. Uh -huh. So it's, it, you, you have to make sure that when you're branding, you're branding internally as well as externally. You treat your, your, your staff like crap while you try to kiss your customers behind. So is it you, sweetie, I'm sorry. You have to kiss mine too. If you want me to stay back in there and excuse my language, how to ask kids. <laughs> but, but they don't, they, they don't see branding for what it is. You brand internally because your staff is now going to make sure that you're branded externally. So that's a great point, especially with those legacy recipes. If your recipe has a story and you don't want to take it off the menu, then you better make sure that everyone knows Everybody that story that you're telling that it because, because food tastes better when it has a story attached <laughs> to it. Right. And what about the rest of the food? Like how, how do you, how do you recommend restaurants go about paring down who they're targeting for, to, to come in the door? Um, if you're, if you're talking about building it as a brand, if you have 30 menus, 30 items on your menu, and you're trying to figure out what to take off. First of all, which one is the lowest selling? Which one mm -hmm. offers you the least profit? Dump that son of a gun as soon as you get back to your restaurant. Take it off the menu. Because not only is it not selling, it's taking up space in your, in your kitchen. And we know that kitchen space is very limited. Yeah. So that would be the first one you drop. Then if you have something that is high profit and you know that it's good, your customers are telling you it's good because that's what's, you know what? I'm going through my receipts. Dang, we sold a lot of pasta today. Dang, never <laughs> let me come tell you about the pasta that we had. <laughs> and you pimp out that pasta. You have to find what your customers are looking for. If those are the people you want to talk to. If you don't want to sell pasta, take it off the menu. Yeah. But the reason you put it on because it's cheap, it's easy, and it's fast. 
and well, it has a high profit margin, but you don't even care. So why should they? Yeah. It, it, you know, we run into this issue with technology as well. You know, we took everything that we do. We're like, oh my gosh, all of our restaurants love every single feature. Well, one day we're like, you know, how many people actually use this feature? We've spent so many hours building this out. <laughs> and we were like, wait a second. No one even uses it. Okay. There's like five people that use it. Let's turn it off and see what happens. See how no many people one, lose their mind? No one. Nobody. Right. And so I think that's the mentality that we need to take with restaurants is getting less emotional about it. And uh, we, we do some great work with Ed Zimmerman of Return on Ingredients and where he talks about, hey, this is what we need to do. Here, here are ways that you can logically go about it. But you do, like you're talking about, Phyllis, you gotta, you gotta take your emotion out unless that, unless that story of that recipe is critical to your brand. If, you're, yes. if you have a brand called Grandma's Fried Chicken. Then granny need to be on the menu. <laughs> yeah. Love that. So on your LinkedIn, you, you talk about this and I've heard you mention it before, where 80% of restaurants go out of business within five years. Oh my God, yes. So why? Why, Phyllis? Um, with restaurants, because they're like my husband. And I'm going to use him as an example. My husband had a recipe in his dream that <laughs> he did not want to do the business. And when you find out how much back house or administrative, I'll put it like that, not even back of house. When you find out how much administrative stuff goes into actually running a restaurant, that's not your bailiwick. That's not your thing. That's not your vibe. Yeah. So you either screw it up or you dole it out. And when you dole it out, now you got to pay more money, but because you're not marketing, because you didn't build a brand, none of it's working. So it's like, okay, now you wonder why the banks won't give you any money. Mm-hmm. I just told you 80% of y'all going to go out of business in five years. I'm not going to get my money back. I'm not giving you a daggone thing. Yeah. So you have to realize when you go out here and you start deciding that, you know what, I'm going to open a restaurant because I make this so much better than everyone else. Who are you going to convince? the people that are actually checking for that. Oh, I'm the peach cobbler queen over here. Mm-hmm. Sweetie, when's the last somebody actually told you that? Yeah. What are your customers saying about your peach cobbler? If mm-hmm. they're telling you that something's wrong, then sweetie, stop using that as your tagline. Stop using that as your thing because it's not that great. But they might be raving about something else. We're not telling you to take the peach cobbler off the menu because it's part of what you do. But we're telling you, you know what? I need you to talk about this because this is what's really popping. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is what's really popping for our customers. But like I said, if grandma's chicken is the thing and grandma's chicken ain't selling, you're going to have to go ahead and shut down because your game is over. Because oh, what yeah. you're going to start doing, I'm going to add some burgers to the menu. I'm going to go sell some fries and I'm going to add some of this because grandma's only person that thought grandma's chicken was good was you. Yeah. So you busted. Well, and that's, and that's one of the things, you know, there's a restaurant that I heard about that uh, they have the word biscuits in their name, not in their tagline, mm-hmm. in their name. The name of the restaurant has the word biscuits in it. And I talked to somebody who had eaten there recently and he goes, you know, what's weird. I go, what? He goes, the biscuits were terrible. Oh, oh, oh. But I think that's, that's a great point though, Phyllis is, you know, making sure that if you have a recipe and a dream, you got to have the infrastructure behind it, right? Because it's, it's so easy to just get started. Uh, but you got to have, you got to have all those pieces in place. And I think that's why it's really smart for people to work with people like you who have seen a lot of things. You work with restaurants all around the country, yes. you know, what's working, what isn't. 
and you can increase your chances of success greatly by uh, by learning and from those from who paid for the mistakes. What the heck you- if you know exactly what it is that you want to accomplish, because part of it, why it's called brand strategy is because you're actually building out a brand to reach a certain goal. You're trying to say that, you know what, by this time I want three restaurants. So what do I have to put in my strategy to make that happen? And then you turn around and use that branding strategy to work on your marketing strategy, because you cannot market if you don't have a brand. If you do, sweetie, I promise you, all you're doing is advertising, you're passing out coupons. And once the coupons is gone, nobody's in your house. Yep. nobody's showing up because they were there for the fast, cheap and easy. You took yep. that away. So they're not checking for you anymore. Mm-hmm. And so when restaurants do that, sweetie, that's just you spiraling to the bottom. Yeah. That's you trying to compete with McDonald's and you're not even on McDonald's level. You're actually better than them, but you're too scared to prove it. So Love you that. won't raise your prices. You won't be nice to your staff and you're sideways crazy. It don't work. <laughs> that's where your 80 percent went. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking speaking of uh, of what we need to do to compete, one of the biggest things that we have as the non McDonald's of the world um, is the guest experience. So, what do you think is one of the most important things for guest experience nowadays? Um, I think your brand needs to have personality, and I promise you, if y'all say quality and customer service, I'm gonna jump through this microphone and I'm gonna choke somebody. I get so tired of y'all and that nonsense. Oh, I serve a quality product. Really? So does every other business that's supposed to be doing right by their customers. They do the exact same thing. Everybody has customer service. So you are not distinguishing yourself. You are not making yourself distinctive. That's so table stakes. Talk that's, about it, yes. that's what you need to just open the doors. Yes. Not, not keep them so open. So if, yes. you, if you're going to be that hot chicken place, dagnab, but I'm going to need you to put that up there and watch, let me watch you drizzle and work out that hot sauce that you're putting on my stuff. Do something. That's gonna make them. I we used when we the way our restaurant was set up before we had this glass partition and people would be lined up along the glass. I said, all right, I'm gonna need somebody to drop it like it's hot so they can get a taste of this brisket that I'm cutting off. I promise you, everybody in that line would start dancing and everybody in that line would start getting brisket. Oh, you can't get that low, can you? (laughs) It was something that they came for. Even before that, somebody was asking me, like, how do I embrace technology? The way we embrace technology when we first started. My husband and I used to have Twitter fights. Actually, on the on the on, on Twitter, dude, I'm gonna need you to stop eating the brisket and hurry up and do this because you need to get home. And people started following us because we would have these open conversations via Twitter about our business and our home life. And I heard, see Neil, I heard you got fussed at today. I saw it on Twitter, and they would come in just to be able to say that, or they would come in. I love you guys. I just have to come eat here because I love seeing you guys fight on Twitter. Really. See, I- I, I think that is that is a great opportunity for for people who you know you don't have this giant corporate brand and that's not a weakness that's no, a strength because then you strength. can do things like that you know Sean Walchef we've been on clubhouses with him before mm-hmm. you know great branding guy great barbecue but he's someone where he has created a brand around his barbecue and people come because they love him yes. right you can get barbecue that's a little bit better, a little bit worse. But when you have that personal connection, like I said, everything tastes better with the story. Mm-hmm. And when you're involved in that story, it tastes much better. Yes. People so what, are happy when they know the owners. Like, really? Come on. Exactly. <laughs> so what are some successful things that you've seen or tried lately? Oh, my goodness. The successful things. Well, it, for me, since I'm not in the restaurant industry anymore, it doesn't, it doesn't vibe the same way. But what I'm seeing people do is how they're, they're, they're 
creating ways to use technology because a lot of companies are not embracing it. And that is another failure on their part. Sweetie, stop complaining about the 30% and learn how to pimp out that 30%. Mm -hmm. What are you getting for your 30%? And I'm not talking about saying paying extra to rank at the top of some, some app or whatever, but how are you pimping that out with your, with your uh, customers? When you tell them that, you know what, when you order here, this is going to do this, this, and this, because that third-party app is not going to let you raise your prices or they don't want you to. So how are you going to make that worth your while? How are you going to get a good return on your investment when you do that? What is going in that bag that's going to make your customer come back and say, hey, I want to order some extra this, or I want to do some more of that. How are you going to get more money off of that? So if you're learning to leverage that, and mine, I tell you, mine was sideways shady when I did it. Because when my regular customers, when I was using DoorDash and Grubhub, and y'all better not go out and do this because they're going to they gonna find out my shadiness. But anyway, <laughs> when I was doing it, my regular customers, whenever I sent them something, there was something in the bag. And so what they got in the bag was the off menu, stuff that wasn't on here, stuff that wasn't on, on the, the DoorDash or Grubhub website, and there was extra. So next time when you call me, when you go and order Grubhub and you want this extra, you have to pick up the phone and call me. Because mm. you cannot get this on that menu. Not, you can't get it on my house menu and you can't get it on their app. You can only get it by calling me. And now I got my extra 30% back because I'm charging you full price and not sharing the profit and it's going in your bag. Grubhub don't have to know. DoorDash don't have to know. <laughs> well, and and do, doing the same thing though, in terms of like, you know, one of the things that we do is you, you know, offer them some kind of a discount, $5 yeah. off your next order when you give us your feedback, right? And uh, yeah, but things like that, it's so important. Uh, CJ at Doghouse, CJ Ramirez. I love him. Oh my gosh. What just brilliant marketer. And one of the things that he does is he'll put in a little bit extra saying, Hey, here's, here's like a a free little thing. Hopefully you order directly from us next time. Thank you. Right. Like, And, and with that, when you talk about ordering directly, it wasn't even so much that, that it was the sideways shady part. What it was is that we actually, they actually got to talk to us. When yes. they called, it was that personal part. Oh, you think enough of me to, to give me this extra in this bag. You know what? Just call me. I got you. Yep. And so it was that personal interaction. That was the real value for us because our, cus- our customers got to know us on that level. And they thought that they were doing sideways shape. Oh, I'm gonna help her make some extra money. <laughs> they think they're helping you. Yeah. So it's like when you, when you give them that opportunity to, to, to actually buy into making your restaurant better. It, it gives them a sense of purpose other than just coming to eat. I have, a, um, when we, um, there was a woman that was sitting there and we had big Mrs. Warren and Woods. She was sitting there in labor. She would not leave what? until she finished her food. No. Said, you, you better not have a baby wife. But she went out and she told everybody, Mrs. and Mr. sat down with me while I was in labor and eating her pancakes. <laughs> Who gonna tell you that? <laughs> gonna tell you that because i'm gonna need you to get up out of here when you finish this come on back her husband was sitting across from her he could not get her to leave oh my but that tells you something about not just about the food but about how we served our customers yeah i would have regular customers that came in and that's kind of where i started my whole vibe of how i get down now my regular customers come in with their kids okay i got the baby while you go eat me and the baby be back in the kitchen eating cornbread and whatever else and mom and daddy and they were fine yeah. So it was, it's just being that personable and not everybody can be that personable. I understand that. And I don't expect that from everyone. But if there is something that you do that your customers love, there's something that you bring to them that they just truly appreciate. You know what? They always give me an extra slice of pie. Really? 
just giving an extra slice of pie is going to get them to tell everybody in their mama about you. Oh, I, I go to this place called Vila Vila Chicken. Every time I go, he hooks me up with an extra little piece of chicken or a free soda. And it's something where, you know, I've told so many people about Vila Vila Chicken. you got that extra piece of chicken. And that yeah, was I, it. Cost, cost him, what, you know, 50 cents, uh, you know, each time I go. And and here you are talking about it on your podcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> and I tell everyone, hey, you need to go over here, but make sure you get Vila Vila Chicken. Yeah. Uh, last yes. question, Phyllis. Uh, who deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry? Oh should, my goodness! Who should we have on this? You already podcast? said it. You already said it. I was going to tell you, Cali uh, Barbecue, because his thing about embracing technology, and so many people have to get on board with that. I'm sorry, but restaurants are becoming a high tech business, and you have to understand how to leverage that for yourself. You have to learn to to find the the technology that works for you, though. It's like you're talking about your ovation brand and the different things that it could bring to people, the different things that it can do for them. Sweetie, does this work for you? And if it doesn't, then how can you either make it work or find the value in it? Or how do you find the value over here? But you're going to have to start using technology on a, on a higher level and stop thinking that, you know what? I don't need tech. Really? Yeah. You sitting here with an empty space trying to pass out coupons and have a happy hour and nobody's still checking for you. Mm-hmm. So it's you, you got to learn to embrace the technology. So him doing that and even you doing that now, I will put you on the ovation. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I've never gotten an ovation before. There you go. <laughs> well, Phyllis, helping do... people embrace the technology is a great thing. Amen. Love that. Phyllis, how do people find you, follow you? Because I know that there's a whole bunch of people that just <laughs> fell in love with Phyllis today. Oh, my goodness. You can always DM me on my uh, Instagram, CKO Creator. Everything that I do is under at CKOcreator.com, whether it's on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, um, I don't do YouTube, do I? No, I don't. <laughs> you can also, if you have questions, you can email me at hello at cklcreator.com. Uh, you can text me a question, 562-356-8111. I will answer as many free questions that I that I can. But once you ask me one too many, I'm going to have to charge you. I just know that. <laughs> well, Phyllis, for helping us all lift up our spirits today and helping us feel like we could conquer this 80% in five-year rule. 80%. Today's yes. ovation goes to you. Thank you so much thank for you, joining sweetheart. us, Phyllis. Thank you. <laughs> Glad you're with us today, and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to ovationup.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.